from playing 18 to a full 60. Early leads to buzzer beaters. It all starts by getting on the board. Welcome inside episode 22 of On the Board. My name is Colby McKee alongside Lance Dahl. Hello. Good to see you, my friend. You too. Welcome to your Sunday night podcast. Yeah. New time. <laughs> new time, new schedule. Yeah. Same uh, guy. Also new to the show. Unfortunately, yeah. he couldn't make it tonight, but no. we do have a new co-host joining the fray. Yeah. Corey Bukoskis, who is a uh, uh, good kid, good lad, does some good work for the Mesa Tigers. Uh, he does a lot of their video and, uh, and photo stuff. And he's offered to uh, to jump on, so we kind of took him up on it. We appreciate that. Uh, you might know the last name, yeah, which we'll talk about when he gets on next yes. episode. But he's brother of Kyle Bukowskis, he uh, is Sportsnet and Hockey Night in Canada. So it's true, it's true. Story. Maybe he'll have some stories. Wow, we have so much pull. There we go. We're so popular, bro. Big, big, big time. Um, the medicine. So popular. <laughs> He's been pulling out his Russian. I've been speaking Russian with for the uh, World Under Seventeen Hockey Challenge going down in Medicine Hat. And yes. it's gonna. Be, it might come out this episode. Well, it already is. There you go. Uh, medicine Hat Tigers, because of that tournament being at the Canelta Center for the last week and mm-hmm. shows and stuff behind that, they're still on the road trip. But it finally wrapped up last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a seven. What did you got? Seven three decision. They lost something like that. To Wasn't the Kamloops Brit Blazers. A lot to a little. Overall, three and two record on this BC road trip. You yeah. got to be happy if you're above 500 on this road trip. I would say so. It's a tough division. Like the BC division is no joke. There's a lot of good teams in there. I think the only one that isn't great per se is Prince George. Because, mm-hmm. well, their record says they're not very good. But outside of that, like Victoria's pretty darn good. Kamloops, good. Vancouver's good. Kelowna, good. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. So to go out there and go three and two is is also good. It's it's also good to have a road trip, I think, earlier in the season. I mean, it's November, mm-hmm. uh, just to kind of get the boys together, mm-hmm. get that camaraderie a little bit more, uh, and it doesn't hurt, right? No. I mean, the schedule makers this year, more so than ever, because of everything that's been going on at the Canelta Center, definitely didn't do any favors having no. them outside the home confines for over a month. But, yeah, uh, I mean, you got to do what you got to do, right? So Yep, they were good. Uh, James Hamlin was good again. No kidding, 11 eh? points in five games. Half of those being goals, he's really good. Yeah, ho hum. Just, yep. just delivering when the boys need it most. Yeah, he's uh, at a point and a half per game this season, which is, yeah. What to expect from your captain? I mean, I he's, guess, he's yeah. leading by example off the ice, on the ice, and uh, yeah. yeah he's kind of trip, chipping in all over. I mean, right? 11 points on the power play, has a shorthanded goal. Only has one game winner, which is kind of surprising considering he leads the team in goals. Yeah. But uh but no, he's doing it all like he normally does. Those will come, right? Oh, and yeah. uh, goaltending-wise, like you said, I mean, they gave up 25 goals on the road trip mm-hmm. t- against tough top competition nonetheless. Yep. Uh, but you have here in your notes, which I do appreciate today, mm-hmm. uh, Sogard's given up three-plus goals in his last six starts. That is not good. Not what we've been known to see from him in terms of last year's stats coming out of nowhere, of course, but... Uh, I don't know. Is it is it the the wear and tear of this far in the season? Is it something mentally going on with him? We obviously don't can't read into his mind, but yeah, something's going on that he's not uh, finding his groove early on in games. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say because I mean most of these games have been on the road, so very few people have had a chance to see him consistently. So it's hard to know. But right, it, it's not good when you've given up the least is three over your last six starts. That's, yeah, I mean it's ballooned his goals against to just over three save percentages down to nine hundred. Like uh, not, not what you were expecting or I was expecting from Mads early in the season. Um, thankfully, Garen Bjorklund's been steady behind him to 
give a little bit of reprieve. I think Garen's five and one, absolutely, uh, yeah, record-wise on the season and a save percentage around nine twenty. So, um, I mean, I expect Mads to bounce back, and I just hope that it's sooner than later for sure. Because I mean, they're going to need Mads moving forward. They're going to need goaltending, and uh, and it just, you just hope that Mads can find something soon. Uh, whether it's in the next couple weeks, in a month, whatever it may be, uh, but after Christmas for sure, they'll need to. He'll need to to ramp it up with the the cushion that the Tigers got in terms of their hot start mm-hmm. and the you know they were racking up points. That it's a very tough division they're in as well with right. the likes of uh, Lethbridge and Calgary and Edmonton. But that little bit of cushion. Do you see them going more with a with a Bjorklund in terms of getting more starts for him, giving Mads a little bit more time physically, and mentally to take a break and maybe find things? I don't think so. More starts for Garen? No, I mean, like Mads is still your number one, right? Mads is still the guy, um, and I mean, Mads is going to be gone here by all accounts in uh, in a couple weeks for yeah. a little bit, so you're going to have to lean on Garen then anyway. Um, but no, I, I don't think that they need to be really all that concerned about splitting you know starts up even more so than they have been it's just one of those things where I mean you have to go and try and find it the the teams that he has been playing haven't been exactly easy like his last six starts came against Calgary Edmonton Victoria Vancouver Kelowna and Kamloops they're all really good teams but that being said to, to tell me that Mads his best start has been giving up three goals in those six games is not not good. Not typical to him, right? Nope. And you got to keep your team in it uh, more often than not. And for the most part, he has been keeping, you know, the Tigers in the games. Yeah, uh, I mean, like this in, last little stretch, of course. In those six, even still, he's gone two and three. Yeah. So, I mean, he didn't get a decision in Kamloops there. Yeah, yeah. They didn't list him with a decision, at least. So, yeah, two and three in his last six starts. Not great, obviously. Not where Mads wants to be. But he also... Before that, had ripped off three straight wins, yeah, and uh, giving up four goals in three games. So, I the guess offense that's is, also kind of junior hockey to an yeah, extent. Yeah, that's very true. The offense is rolling, and that's part of you know helping your goaltender battle back from even these tough tough situations. Excuse me, is because they can they can be scoring like a lot. Yeah, really. they've been finding different ways and different guys to to step up and score. I mean, Prezuzo's got seven goals. Daniel Baker has six, which I think a lot of people were surprised if I don't think a lot of people had. Baker approaching double digits this year, to be honest. I don't think they had any defenseman approaching double digits this year, but Trevor Longo has four. So they're um, they're finding depth throughout, and they're finding ways to score and stay in games. I, I think part of the problem is that their penalty kill just hasn't been very good, and thankfully they're a team that doesn't take a lot of penalties. Yeah. But that's also going to mess with the numbers a little bit of a goaltender when, I mean, your, your penalty kill's at 76%, and if you're taking one or two penalties a night... And you're only killing three and <laughs> three every quarters four. of them not, off. Yeah, that's not ideal. Uh, I believe they put up an eight spot against was it the Kelowna on Friday night. Yeah, and it was all eight by different scores, which just goes to your point about the depth and uh, the fact that not one person. Out, I mean, you got Jazowski and Hamlin, of course, like leading the way up front, but not one person can uh, take over a game or needs to take over a game yeah. for the Tigers. And that's the that's the biggest thing for him right now is. And, and like you said, they they went on the road. They went three and two in in BC. Like that's it's not easy. So I, I would say that all in all, it's uh, a pretty good road trip, all things considering. And yep. now they'll get to come home for a little bit. I mean, they're seven and five on the road. And what's like the, the saying's always been: if you play five hundred on the road and 
take care of business take care at home. home then you're then you're laughing and they're well on their way to doing that this year uh, exactly so. already 12 road games uh yeah. in this season i mean the second half of the year is going to be you got to think more home heavy just to make up the uh the balance of schedule yeah it will it will obviously so. well it will be because that's just math <laughs> that um, is <laughs> but uh, yeah so they'll, yeah. they'll go to red deer on friday and red deer's not all that great this year and then uh home date on saturday it's also chuck a puck night saturday okay and uh edmonton all kings are in town who are really good so that's going to be uh an interesting return home when you get to come home and play the top team in your in your division. That's yeah, fun. single digit losses, thirteen, two, three, and one. Yeah, that's a pretty damn good record right there. Yeah, yeah they're pretty good. Uh, September thirtieth, or it's not September, November thirtieth. Yeah, it is November now. It is. Uh, is our annual teddy bear toss night. Yeah, as we host the Saskatoon Blades. We didn't even mention this on the last podcast, but uh, very special night uh, around the league, all over the place. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's always fun. Good for teddy bears. Uh, we Good mentioned for teddy bears. <laughs> they all get donated to the hospitals, like they the little cause. So that's yeah. great. Yeah, that's uh, great. The Canalta Center has been used. We mentioned before because of the World Under Seventeen Hockey Championship. It was, uh, it was. and you were part of the uh, part of the action. Yeah, I did a little so, bit. Of work. Uh, I mean, we th- we know that Russia won they the did. gold medal game six two over the United States. Yep. Did I didn't even see the bronze medal? Did Canada white? They did not. They did not. They no. lost in overtime to the Czech Republic. Oh, very tough. Funny that the Czechs lose all of their round robin games. They go out into Swift Current and beat the top ranked Sweden. Sweden. Yep. Uh, and just mopped with them like five one, and then uh, dropped their semifinal game to the States, and then beat Canada white in overtime. Crazy. So, unfortunately, no Canada teams made no. the podium. No. Uh, but what did you think about the the whole atmosphere inside uh, the Man, Council Center all week? Yeah. yeah, it was a lot of fun. Like, it, it was a different feel. And it's not necessarily a slight to Tigers games and Tigers fans. But I will say that the feeling was a lot different in the in the Canelta Center for all these games. Even the ones where it was, like, I don't know, Czech Republic, USA, mm-hmm. like when there was no Canada team in the Canalta. Uh, it was still a really cool feeling. And uh, the scores, for the most part, were, were close. They It was weird because the round-robin games, you would expect to see more runaways. And then when you got into uh, quarters, semis, and more so in the in the final day with the bronze and gold, you would expect to see closer score lines. I mean, you got that in the bronze medal game, but the, uh, the, the gold medal game wasn't really all that close. It wasn't... Yeah. It was fast. It was exactly what I kind of figured it would be. It was quick pace, but I mean, there was no goals after the first period. I think Russia was leading two nothing after two. Um, I mean, all in all, just really cool, really cool to see um, some of the like literally the world's best be in town. Like, yeah. The, the, what's crazy about this tournament is that they're obviously the top whatever like twenty two in their in their country or in Canada's case, top 66. Mm-hmm. But even then you can see some players that are even that better much than better that. than, than the 22. It's, it's pretty incredible. This does any names stick out? I know you mentioned, uh, Hughes's brother there. Yeah. Luke Hughes was there. Um, I mean, he carries a lot of weight because of his name. Mm-hmm. And so like watching just completely unbiased, like there was Sean Barron's was a defenseman. He was named to the tournament team. Uh, for Team USA, he was all around the puck. Was and he, he can skate, yeah. he can get the first pass. Like he, he was a great first pass all the time out of his own end. But he was always around the play. Like His knowledge of the game and his, the way he saw it from both ends of the rink was incredible. So Sean Barron's was really good as an American defenseman. They also had a guy, uh, Aiden Hershuk. 
He was really good on the back end. Um, Chaz Lucius as a forward for the uh, for the U.S. team was incredible. One of the top goal getters in the tournament. Um, trying to think who else kind of stood out. That was that was more for the Americans. Uh, right. There was a guy in Russia, Prohor Poltapov was his name. He was all around like the score sheet from the games that I saw. Same with uh, Daniil Lazutin was another one that was constantly creating. The two of them just seem to take over games. Yeah. Like it, those two guys are really good. From a Canada perspective, obviously Shane Wright was there. Uh, he had a lot of fanfare. A lot of people were watching him and he, he kind of slipped in and out. There were games that he would absolutely take over and dominate and every shift he was making a difference. And then there were some games where he almost didn't know that he was playing. Okay. And I, I guess you would expect that when you're seeing a 15 year old play, but I, I mean, it is what it is. Consistency for a lot of these guys is huge. And that was the one thing he lacked more than I would have expected was consistency. He just, he didn't seem to really stand out a whole lot. Um, I'm forgetting his first name. I think it's Samuel Boutin from, uh, I think he was on Canada Black. Okay. A smaller defenseman uh, out of the, out of somewhere in Quebec. I think he's playing junior in the queue. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was really good. And though Corson Kuhlemans was another defenseman out of Brooks and the AJ, uh, he got a lot of love. A lot of people were liking what he was doing. Now it was just, it was top to bottom. Like you just pick a team yeah. and you could probably blanket a couple players as being just next level. They're stars. Yeah. yeah. They're future stars. And that's the beauty of this tournament is we could be seeing the next great one right yep. before our eyes. Like the whole, you know, all the local advertising said, like you knew them when. Yeah. And uh, very well, you could have seen the next star here in Medicine Hat and in Swift Current. It's true. Uh, the one thing I guess we can maybe touch on, maybe obviously you more so than most. Yeah. Saw a lot online about uh, attendance numbers. <laughs> right. And quite frankly, you know, the first Canada white-red game, I think it was like the first game of the series of the entire tournament. Right. Was announced at like fifteen or 1,600. Um, yeah. Obviously, like the games between Czech Republic and, and U.S. are teams with non-Canadian fans involved. Right. Uh, you would expect the numbers to, you know, hinder a little bit. I don't know what the number for the gold medal game was, perhaps. But can you even speak a little bit about what you thought about the attendance? Um, well, for the gold, last that I heard, and I haven't seen confirmation or heard anything, so it might be complete hearsay. But uh, I was told it was around the neighborhood of over 3,000 okay. for the gold that had tickets purchased um the bronze medal i had heard was around 1800 mm-hmm. and uh it's, it's kind of what you expect i mean at, at the end of the day there's so many factors that go into a tournament like this and showing up like fans showing up to to support it because yes there's three canadian teams but it's also a week-long thing right and yeah. so a, as a market as a city this is a city that um I mean, just call it how it is. Sucks at buying tickets sometimes. They do. They're they, a walk-up crowd. Yeah, and they—it's uh, a—it's a city that, at times, wants these big events and then doesn't support them like they should. They bitch about the prices. Right. They bitch about not even parking because parking well, no. worse uh, other places. But yeah, many it was factors worse at, the, at the arena really. Yeah, but uh, that's true. Very like, true. Let's just call it what it is. Yeah. But like, I was happy with the atmosphere and it felt it felt more full than it was game by game than than tigers games Mm -hmm. like it it just felt fuller than it actually was and it was really cool to uh to to experience the atmosphere that was in the building like anyone who went can tell you that the atmosphere in the building for any game even when it was 
the USA beating the Czechs 10-1. Mm-hmm. Like the the feeling in the in the in the rink was so much different. And a lot of that had to do with I, I think just the spacing out of the crowd itself. I mean, for Tigers games, you can't tell them where to sit if you're a season ticket holder, if they want their seats in a certain area, they get them in a certain area. Right. But for I mean, let's say 90% of season ticket holders, they have them on the one side of the rink, which is fine. Yep. But then it just keeps everything in one area of the rink. They and so even when you had less people and you had them spread out throughout the Canalta Center, it, it felt like it was fuller than it actually was. You talk about that one corner for Tigers games. Mm-hmm. It's always filled up the, the I guess, the home side per se. They shoot there twice. Yeah. That other side, I've seen in pictures, They like you said, they did a good job of filling people even in that side of the arena that's not typically used. Yeah. And, and fans and were in that corner as well. Part of that was a little bit of help because you had so many teams in the building and you had volunteers. So if there were people that were doing their volunteer work, uh, but they weren't didn't have to work during the game, whatever, maybe uh, they would sit in that side. I know there were other refs that were like backup refs that were sitting on that side. I know there were other teams at some points that were sitting on that side. So was that the side of the Molson Canadian house yeah. as well? Yeah. Well, that the side? Canadian lounge is lounge? what they called it. Yeah. I apologize. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this was on over in that corner. But okay. So that's probably part of the reason why that side looked a little bit more full, but I wasn't, disappointed by any means with with tickets like I would have loved to see the place the bottom like the bowl get filled properly filled I would have liked that but. for sure I mean 3,000 for I mean speculative but over 3,000 for the gold medal game that's typically what the Tigers would get on a Saturday night so yeah. you know that's pretty on par with our local team so right well and it's just yeah I, I don't know I, I get I get frustrated by it because these like you, you'll see people talk about it on Facebook, Twitter, whatever, maybe about attendance. And this isn't just for the world under 17s. This isn't just for Tigers games. This is every event ever. And people talk about tickets and how they look. And it's like, well, just show up, like just, just go support it. Yeah. And I understand the, the thing is with this tournament, like tickets were cheaper uh, per game than the, than the Tigers tickets were. And I I know it's different because you don't really know these kids. And I think a lot of people are also speculative. They're saying, oh, well, they're 15, 16 years old. How good can they be? And it's right. like, like th- this is better than you like understand. And I think a lot of people who went and watched one game understand that now, just how good of a, of a tournament it was and just how highly skilled the players were. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things where it's just like, I- I'm not thrilled that the attendance was the way it was but I'm also not disappointed either. As a person who unfortunately did not make it out to any games Mm -hmm. um, just watching the highlights whether it was through local media or highlights on Twitter from local people you're right the talent was just bouncing off the screen like it was right like it was fantastic and I wish I was able to get to one of these games unfortunately I wasn't but um, like you said this was you know great talent and I hope that everybody who did make it out to one of these games uh, enjoyed it and enjoyed the Canalta Center for all it has to offer. A beautiful facility, oh, yeah. it right? Was, it Even in Swift Current, it like good. it's just you know embracing the city that is Medicine Hat and Swift Current, and hope they enjoyed it. So yeah, no, it was good. I had a lot of fun. Excellent. I think, I think a lot of people did too. So glad to hear that. Uh, let's switch to the hockey. So stay with hockey, but go to the NHL. Got some big time stories. Canadian teams doing well uh, in the standings. Yeah. Three Oof. teams atop the Pacific Division. You got Edmonton at twenty four points. Calgary at 23 and Vancouver at 21 at yeah. the time of this recording. So, uh, I mean, there's talk about, you know, Calgary struggling and, you know, they haven't been firing at all cylinders. Mm-hmm. 
but I know the uh, the standings in the Western Conference are super tight. Like it's like three or four points between first and ninth. Right. That's how tight of a bubble this is so far. Yeah. The uh, it's been a weird start to the to the season. I it mean, really has. Like Vancouver arguably looks like the one of the better teams in the division right now for in the Pacific anyway. Like which is which is just wild to say. Mm-hmm. But they seem to have something there that if they can actually string together some wins, who knows. I think I mean, their like, thing is goaltending. I mean with with Markstrom being out, they had to take a personal leave, go back to Sweden for a little bit. I mean they were riding Thatcher Demko and he's a young guy, but he's actually been proven to be uh, very serviceable, and yeah. he very well could be the goalie of the future. But right now, him and him and Markstrom are keeping them afloat. If they can, you know, keep doing that, yep. that is obviously the name of the game. Same could be said for the tandem in Edmonton with uh, Koskinen and Smith. For sure, yeah, they, they've been keeping them in games for the most part. And I mean, it helps to have that forward talent. Like in in actually all three places have that forward talent. Yeah, that was the wildest thing though. What you said about Edmonton, how like. They've given up the least amount of goals by a Western Conference team in a playoff spot right now. Like that is nuts this year. <laughs> honestly, I, I I still don't think it's sustainable. I think they're progressing defensively, and I think their their structure and what uh what Coach Dave Tippett's kind of brought in is working. But we'll see if it's sustainable. Like I still don't think their back end's there. Mm-hmm. I still don't know if they can run Drysidle and McDavid out for 23 and a half minutes a night and be successful long term. But I mean, it's working right now, but it's also what, a quarter of the way into the season? Yeah. Like 18 to 20 games teams have played. So that's about it, right? Um, you got down here Lightning sweep the Global Series in Sweden uh, against yeah. the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, I, I seen that Hedman scored a goal in his right. home country, which is pretty cool to see. He was dealing with an injury leading up to these games. Mm-hmm. He was fighting his way back to uh, to make the lineup, and he scored, which was a great sight to see. Uh, but like you said, you have down here, will it kickstart the Lightning? They've been kind of slow going. Vasilevsky hasn't been normal Vasilevsky self. No, no, but that's just the weirdest thing is because usually when, like the, this trip, Never really ends go like well for for teams. It's it's tough to to make the trip over for a couple games and come back and get back in the swing of things. But like Tampa needed something. They went over there at six five and two, and now they're eight five and two. So there you go. Um, th- they're obviously coming. You like, look at they're uh, coming. Dallas is coming. Like there's teams that are, are going to be better than they started the season for sure. You look at the the year that the Avalanche and Senators went over to. I can't. Was it Finland? Maybe. Land, I think it was Landeskog, so it might have been Sweden. might have been Sweden as well. Yeah. But that was the year after the Senators made it to the, within one game of the Stanley yeah. Cup final. Yeah. They go over there, make the Duchesne trade, thinking it's going to be kickstarting their offense, and then they come back to North America, and they had the shitty rest of the season. The Flames started out really slow after they came back from Tokyo. Right. All the, like you said, the this travel and... You know, sure you have. Is it like a week between games once you get home, or it's something, something like it's that? It's something like a pretty long-term stretch, but it, you know, it can really make or break your season if you don't uh, handle it the correct way. So we'll be interested to see what happens to uh, both teams, I guess, if Lightning ascend or if Buffalo uh, kind of middles with Eichel and Co. So we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Kale McCarr, another defenseman. Uh, that we've been talking He's about. He's kind of good, eh? Kind of good, coming out of Brooks, Oof. you know, local boy. Seventeen Oof. points in seventeen games is nothing to. Uh, to slight there. No, that's uh it's better than I expected. Yeah. I gotta be honest. I knew he was gonna get opportunity, but my god, like a point per game? Is it there's no way there's anyone like close to 
to winning the Calder outside of him right now, right? I know it's early. No, Hughes has been really slow. I have not heard much on uh, Capocacco. No, I think he's got a, all of six points and like a dash 50. Um, you're right. No other big names come to mind. So like it just seems <laughs> like it's like it just seems like it's going to be Makar already. Like obviously he's not going to be a point per game, but in Colorado he might be damn near. Yeah, just because the opportunity he gets, he plays a lot of power play time. Uh, he hasn't really dropped off any with the injuries to Rantanen and and Landeskog. Right. If nothing else, it kind of elevates his role in the power play. Yeah, and so it's just been very almost kind of wild. Like I would have thought between him and Quinn Hughes, um, Ilya Mc- or even uh, Mikheyev in in Toronto has been uh, good to start the season. Yeah, but like I didn't expect McCarr to kind of take off the way he has. Like everyone knows he can skate and he has good vision and he can get pucks through. Like he, he's very dynamic, but to be point per game. It's also man. been a while since a defenseman has won rookie of the year. Can you think back to the no, last I rookie of the year? Even. Like it's always been those high school forwards. Did win? He might be the last one. That's actually probably a good call. I, I think it would have been because I was, I was even thinking out. back to like McDavid's year and that was the one that Panarin won as like a 26 year old rookie. I was thinking back, but um, yeah, I believe it might Aaron be Ekblad. Aaron Ekblad in 2015. So, I mean, it's been a few years. And then before that, 2010, Tyler Myers. Tyler Myers won. Okay. Like that. Yeah, this Aaron... list is just littered with Barrett Jackman, oh, 2003. With the St. Louis Blues. <laughs> wow. wow. I can't, that's, uh, what's more surprising, Barrett Jackman winning a Calder or Andrew Raycroft winning a Calder? Raycroft had a pedigree. Yeah. He was, that was probably his Boston. That was before he went to the Maple Leafs. I have no clue. But <laughs> um, I'm going down a rabbit hole on Calder Trophy winner. So that's okay. This is, what well, this is something else. Like Steve Mason. Remember yeah, him? 2015? No, no, 2008. Okay. What do you mean 2015? I, I thought it had a five in it. I wasn't 2005 because no, that was Ovechkin. 2008 was okay. 2008. That's wow. That's uh, eleven years ago, and he's not even in the league anymore. No, I don't think so. I I couldn't tell you. His name hasn't come up in a while. Um, who else is on this list? Huberdo, Landeskog. You know, just stars of today. Yeah, Ovechkin, um, Malkin, Kane. Notably, not there. Connor McDavid. We can no because that was the year that Panarin mm-hmm. won. Panarin yep. won. Uh, we didn't talk about this, but. Multiple injuries uh, hitting some high-quality forwards. Uh, Sidney yeah. Crosby left last night's game with a lower body injury, I believe. Did he? I think so. I was pretty not sober yesterday. That's okay. So. Understandable. Um, there was, I think Coach Sullivan said there's no update on his availability Oof. so far. Uh, another forward that went down was Mitch Marner. Yeah, he, that's not good. Yeah, he really roughed himself up with that ankle. Uh, I think he went into the boards, if I'm not mistaken. Well, they figure about a month? Yeah, so CT came out, or MRI, and the early word is no less than four weeks. Mm. He'll be reevaluated. So, not looking good. So, you're, I mean, is Tavares back now? I think he's back. Yes. So, yes, that is. at least it helps that you're not down two key forwards. Also helps because because it's minimum four weeks, He they can put him on long-term IR, meaning that they can alleviate some of the cap crunch that right. they're dealing with and potentially uh, bring up a forward or two to help fill uh, some depth spots because they are hurting for 
any sort of cap relief they can get. Yeah. yeah well, they, they're so tight against it, right? Mm-hmm. It's like they just can't afford players to go down. And, I mean, no team can really be happy losing a Mitch Marner. Just ask Colorado. I mean, they lost Landeskog and Rantanen. That's very true. So, I don't think they feel bad for anybody at this point because they're still somehow kind of treading water. They're like four in their last ten or something. But, mm-hmm. yeah, not ideal for Toronto for a team that's kind of been struggling to start. Like, the season hasn't been great. To get no, going for Freddie him. Anderson has not been Freddie Anderson. Another goalie that hasn't. Uh, he's always been a notorious slow starter, right. but still, like he's. They're just not fortunate been that their offense has still been finding ways to score too. They have, yeah. I mean, tonight, Mar- uh, Matthews had four assists, ten shots on goal. Ooh, and uh, against the Blackhawks, so mm. that's. Uh, he's gonna have to even step up even more. And now Tavares. What was the score in that game? I because last I saw was like four-one Chicago. I can quickly pull this up for you. This had to be an absolute runaway. Um, just goals everywhere. Robin Leonard getting a sunburn. Michael Hutchison doing Michael Hutchison things, just giving up all the goals. I've got a score of 5-4 Blackhawks. Oof. So it's uh, 57 saves for Leonard. Well, shots against. 53 saves. 57 shots. That's nuts. Hutchison was playing in this game. Yeah, that's that's what I said. He's not good. Uh, yeah, what do we got? Uh, How many Kirby, saves Kirby Doc got his second he career did. goal. I good did for, see that. Good for the former WHL. Uh, a blade. A blade. And then, yeah, uh, Nylander had two. Tavares scored on the power play. I assume William Nylander, not Alex Nylander. Did I say Alex? No, you just said Nylander. Yeah, I, that would be correct okay. then. Okay. Oh, yeah, because I guess the, the brother, Alex, yes. is now a part of property of the Blackhawks. Uh, and then Andreas Janssen with the, the last goal. Uh, okay. And they lost? They did lose, 5-4. Oof, too bad. Too bad for the Leafs. NFL time. Right. I got one more fun fact. Okay. About the Calder. I just found it. What do you got? Who was the last Calgary Flame to win the Calder? This would be a fun do, game. Do, 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 do. Was not did you know drove. that there was a stretch not that the Flames won, had a player that won the Calder three times in five years? No way. Yep. Three Name five? any of those three. I want to say Joe Newendike. Joe Newendike is in there. 21 years old. He uh, won the Calder in 87 and 88. Uh, You're not going to get the other ones. No. I can stop you. No. Okay. Unless you had Gary Suter. Did you have Gary nope, Suter in your list? not in the pool. No. Nope. All right. Uh, okay. What about the 31-year-old rookie, Sergei Makarov? Oh, did Makarov. Have, did you have Sergei Makarov in there? <laughs> no, but I know who he is. Yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. No shit. He's hey? a Hall of Famer, that wow. guy. Wow. Knew it. I was going to go like Flurry or Aginla. Yeah, Sergei Makarov. Even, wow. He uh, came over at the age of 31. And in his first season, put up 86 points in 80 games. No way. Yeah. He had a... Damn. That's he was good. over a point per game for three straight seasons with the Flames. Okay. And his uh, final season in Calgary had 57 points in 71 games. Then he went out to San Jose mm-hmm. for two years and uh, was still ridiculous. And like 31, 32, 34. Like he's playing until he's like 37. Do you think he got Hall of Fame not because of his international record or more so, so the NHL side? Because he was good, but he wasn't great. It I sounds would, like in NHL. So he's like he was like I said, he was good. Pretty good. The point of game is nothing to slouch at, but yeah. coming in at 31, you don't have much time to uh, to make an impression in terms of the NHL well, side of things. His numbers are ridiculous. Yeah. Sergey Makarov's numbers. If you get a chance, just look them up. <laughs> Dive in there. Like, honestly, <laughs> if you appreciate just good numbers, like, of, of just remembering some guys, like, we did that f- with football, like, a month ago. Mid-2000s, yeah. Yeah, like, this is, wow. I, I would, by the way, yeah, I'm assuming it's because 
of uh, his international stuff. Like he in played Mother Russia. Yeah, with <laughs> the World Championships for the Soviet Union, just piling up points, just ridiculous amounts of points. All right. He uh, he played for the junior team. Got a couple more here. I'm I'm in a Sergey Makarov hole. Oh boy. Fourteen games played at the junior level with Russia. He put up twenty three points. That's pretty good. Almost a goal per game. And uh, with the senior circuit of the <laughs> Soviet Union. They actually label this? Yeah, junior totals and senior totals. Oh, wow. Yeah, his senior totals with the Soviet Union, 145 games played. Okay. Which is ridiculous. Because their seasons are only like 40 games. No, even. They were playing 40 games back yeah, then. Yeah, they're pretty small. Yeah. And uh, internationally, 145 games with the Soviet Union on international ice, 172 points. That's something. And it's balanced. 83 goals, 89 assists. Sergey Makarov. What a talent. Wow. And oh. he's looking pretty good too in his in his photo on Wikipedia. He's looking <laughs> he looks very very Russian. Is his, it uh is it current photo or I, are you looking at like a young Sergey? It's Makarov? hard to say. I'm I'm going to guess that this is roughly 2016 when he was inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame. Okay. Uh he he looks Russian, just very like, like whatever face? about the whole thing. Yeah, like yeah. he's just not excited to be in this picture. There's palm trees in the background. Okay. Uh, he's got some like tinted glasses almost. They're not sunglasses. They're like reading glasses, but they're kind of tinted <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> they're tinted reading yeah, glasses? Yeah, That's what ballers wear. Yeah, well, that's what he is. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sergey. 5'8", 185, Sergey Makarov. Just built a house. Player of the week. <laughs> Obviously. Brought to you by blank. Yeah, yeah. If you want this to sponsor player it. of the week, get at us on Twitter. Yeah, Lance will find you a player of the week. Yeah, I'll do a sponsorship. All right, NFL-wise. Okay. Unlikely winners in week 10. A lot of them. Crazy. Yeah, it was a good week for, for upsets. So Browns take down the Bills, 19-16. So can Did, we just stop it? Just a quick stop at each one of these and dive absolutely. into Absolutely. Let's do it. Because what the hell are the Bills? Do we know what the Bills are? Do I know what the Browns are? Let's start with Bills. I'm so disappointed in the Bills because they started out hot. They lost terribly to Philadelphia two weeks ago. Right. And now they lose to a Browns team that can't get their shit together. Like this is I just a very know. Buffalo Bills thing to it do, is isn't so it? It is so Buffalo. They're going to finish like <laughs> 9 and 7 and just like wreck people's faces and yeah. make them so upset. Yeah. And I don't know like I don't I didn't catch any of this game obviously, but were did they run the ball okay? Like John Brown had like 70 yards receiving again, which is fine, but Oh, just I just don't ugly. know what they are. I don't know what they are as much as I don't know. Well, I know the Browns are pretty shit. I know that the Browns aren't very good. That much I do know. But even then, like the Browns every now and then just show up and, and play a full game. Yeah. And then they'll take three weeks off. Yep. They're very Browns too. But anyway. You good there? Yeah, sure. Falcons, I did not see this one coming. I think Saints were double digit point favorites. I think so. This week. They lost 26 to 9. Atlanta beating New Didn't New even Orleans. score a touchdown. No. Will what a week to what I'm, a week to start Drew Brees, <laughs> fucking loser. I mean, I had I had I had Will Lutz, I should say. Oh, you got you some points because all, that's all they fucking did was kick field goals. But Fal- I mean, Matty Ryan came back. Yeah, he, that ankle injury is not hurting him at all now. It looks like. Um, didn't catch this game. But well, you can't you as, can't lose twenty six to nine. The Saints were at home, weren't they? Yes, they were. Like you can't lose at home twenty six to nine to the Falcons. 26-9 on the road in Atlanta maybe is a pass because you're upset Chick-fil-A isn't open in there. Like, I get it. <laughs> like, you're a little bummed. You're like, fuck, I just want some Chick-fil-A, but it's Sunday and they're closed. Okay. But, like, you're at home. <laughs> like, you show up. Uh, hot take alert. They yeah. go back to Teddy Bridgewater next week. You think so? I don't know. I'm doubting it. But, like, how bad of an omen is that that 
Bridgewater kept you undefeated, or I mean, he was undefeated. Yeah. Only one loss on the year. And then uh, Brees comes back and they can't get that offense. I mean, Thomas looked like he had another great game, 100 yard day. Yeah, it's just one of those things. Stats where, wise, it just wasn't. I mean, I mean, Kamara, he was, like, like Brees was good in his because they just came off the bye, didn't they? I, I don't think, remember yes. their schedule. Yes, they did. But I think they just came off the bye because he got in bef- the week before they were off. And I think he was pretty he good. He did that play side. against Arizona, yes. yes. And he was good then. Yeah, he was. So that's eh, whatever. It happens. I, I still think the Saints are one of the best teams in the NFC. Yeah, that defense outside of today has been legit. And I have faith that they can. But even then, most of the time, like order. if they give up 26 points, they're winning the game because their team's just that good offensively. Exactly. 100%. Usually. So I give them a pass. Titans, big upset over the uh, Patrick Mahomes led Chiefs. Mahomes came back first week back after that uh, broken yep. kneecap. Yep. 35 32. The field goal by Harrison Bucker got blocked. That's what nice happened on that too, game. Though. Full, Full hand extension. on that one. Loved it. Uh, Full extension and just palmed the shit out of it and punched it 30 yards away. I was watching it with a with a guy, and he was like, man, it must hurt that, you know, that force on the hand. Probably, yeah. But, but they at don't the same time, you shit. probably don't like, feel it. They're going for it. Yeah, like, do you, if that's your job and you're probably all hyped up, like, you probably don't feel that kind of pain, I would assume. I watched this game. Uh, Derek Henry went nuts. Like, over eight yards of carry. He was... Dicing up the Chiefs' uh, front seven, right? Yeah. And he had two long touchdowns. Great game from him. Uh, and then it's not—is it Tannehill? He's the one there. I was going to say Patrick, one of those middling quarterbacks. There. He did a great job this this week uh, in terms of like he—he he was the one who scored the go-ahead. Did he score the touchdown? I think he scored the two-point conversion. Uh, Big full bore, full full bore into the uh, the linebacker. Took everything he had to get over that line, and then Mahomes the other way. He had 18 seconds to go. Had to get 40 yards. Right. Got him into field goal position, and like I said, the the Bucker just couldn't get the the kickoff. Bucker. So, six and four record now are the Chiefs. Yeah, they're they're two and three at home. Interesting, right? Like this, this four one, one though on is in Tennessee, and, I believe. Yeah, they're so. four and one on the road, but they're two and three at home. Okay, like. What? Yeah, like they, that's one. Of, Arrowhead's one of the toughest places to play. It's going to change though, with with Hill back, with Mahomes back. That connection today, I would assume so. But he like, had eleven catches for one hundred and thirty yards. Like he was great. The one bonus that they have is that I mean their division sucks ass. Yeah. Like yeah, Oakland's somehow above five hundred too. Let's just talk about that for a second. They're four and one at home. The Raiders. The Raiders are five and four, four and one at home. They have a point differential of minus black 32. Hole. Wow. Like they're they're beating odds right <laughs> Super now. Super outlier. When they right lose, there. they get absolutely smashed. Trampled. Yeah. But when they win, well, they, they win close games. That's basically where they're at. Uh, but the Chargers four and six, Broncos three and six. Like the Chiefs have the ability to go into any other team in the AFC West and just pounce. So. They could have rested Mahomes up until like week 13 when they faced the Patriots. Like they easily yeah. could have. Yeah. And they still been fine. But good to get Mahomes out there. He looked really good. 450 yards and like three touchdowns. Right. I'd like to take credit on this next one, by the way. Dolphins Colts? Yep. You called the Dolphins Because win, two weeks ago, yep. two weeks ago, when they lost to the Steelers, I said, the Dolphins look like they actually are playing a real football game for the first half, and then they look like Colby at a grade nine dance, dancing with a girl, getting a little excited, <laughs> popping the cherry a little too quick. That's right. And then having to uh, go home with uh, his tail between his legs. That's what the Dolphins looked like two weeks ago. Now, the Dolphins look like Colby at 
Actually, no, they don't look like you at all. Colby at um, a Pizza Hut buffet, just yeah, mowing down. Oh, yeah, they, they look like you at a Pizza Hut buffet, 100%. 17 slices deep and wanting more. <laughs> That's what they look like right now. That's they true. actually, like, they don't look bad. Like, I, the Colts, if, they, if the Colts would have won this week, it would be an interesting setup in the, in the AFC South. Right. But that didn't happen. No. Um, but, like, they, they could have set something up kind of interesting. The Colts had a lot to play for in the Dolphins of the Dolphins, but they've somehow strung together two wins. Yeah. They're nowhere near a playoff spot. No, they're still. not making playoffs. But, so. but I, I mean, said a couple weeks ago that they looked like they were turning a corner. You did. And you called their I first think, win against the Jets. You did that last week. Yep. I think that was your only pick on the parlay though, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, that was so not good. But uh And then they didn't do one this week. Steelers, you poor. got them down twice here. Big time win over the Rams. I think it was in yeah. LA as well. It was late Late window game on the right. NFL schedule. Seventeen right. twelve, they beat the Rams. Rams offense, they were out without Brandon Cooks in this one with the, the Rams concussion. Is just going the wrong way. They really are. Like they started three and zero, and now they're sliding. Well, what would the math be on that? Like two and four. Since? You've got two and four. Is? Yeah. Well, don't trust my math. Um, oh, you did good. I trust everything you do. <laughs> yeah, it's a bad idea. Uh, yeah, it's just to go two and four since the the good start is a. Uh, Little strange for the Rams. I like they're in tr- they're in a spot where they might not make playoffs. Which last With year would have seemed insane. And the Niners there, yeah, it would would have sounded insane. But honestly, I mean, uh, we'll bring this up come playoff time. Uh, since the year two thousand, and it's come true each and every year. Fifty percent of teams that make the Super Bowl do not make the playoffs the following season. Yeah, and if that holds true, then it means the Rams do not make the playoffs next true. this year. True, that is. Crazy though. That's where we're like, at. You look at that and you thought, oh, I mean, Gurley's coming back healthier. This offense is great. Defense has been good. Yep. Um, but yeah, weird. Very weird this whole season for them. You so. know what team's starting to scare me though? What? Pittsburgh. Yeah. Honest to God, their defense is legit. Very, very good. Everyone was, you and I both were saying, why are they going to get Minka Fitzpatrick? Why did they trade a first round pick for him? I was so blown away. He's put up touchdowns now in back to back weeks. I know. Pick six, baby. Unbelievable. Yeah. Like, they're, they're secondary, probably one of, if not the best secondary in football right now. Probably outside of New England. Yeah, I would even say they're better than New England secondary. Yeah. Just based off of the teams that they've had to play and the results that they're still putting up. Like, th- their defense is carrying them each and every week. Like, they've won for a month now. Yep. Like, they've won four straight. When they looked absolutely dead, like Mason Awful. Rudolph dead, when they, oh, when they God, lost yeah. to the Ravens. Like, are you breathing? Oh yeah. my gosh, help him. Yeah. Like, just crazy to think that, and, and the Steelers could be in a spot to to pick up more wins. Like, their schedule is soft. You get the Browns twice to wrap up the week. You get the Bengals, or wrap up the season, sorry. You get the Browns twice, the Bengals, the Cardinals, the Bills, the Jets, and the Ravens to wrap up the season. I'd say they're all completely winnable games, especially 100%. the way the defense is playing. A hundred percent, they are. Like, and that was without Connor today. Connor did not play, right? Right. Uh, yeah, I don't think he did actually. I'm gonna quickly look that in. I don't that. know if he did or not, but it's just crazy to think like they can, at worst, go two, three, four, five. They can rattle off another what six wins here. Right. Yeah, Jalen Samuel like, started. So like the Bengals suck. The Browns suck. The Cardinals they're actually getting better, so that might be a tricky one. Uh, Kyler Murray's been very good in his first season. The Bills kind of sucked. Like the Jets definitely suck. Yeah, we don't know what the Bills are really. No, we we still don't. Yeah, we the Jets are the Jets. Know. Even I mean, with uh, with Darnold, did they even win today? 
Probably they did. Not. They beat the Giants. Oh, good of all oh, teams. Jesus, good okay. for them. Battle of New York. Good for them. But uh, yeah, it's not as like they have a much more favorable schedule than the Ravens. Like this division could wrap up and get very interesting. Like Baltimore's uh, back into their schedules, home to Houston, in LA to take on, I believe, the Rams. I think I would. Assume Might be a Chargers is, actually. I th- uh, it's the Rams, yes. Okay, well I have wrong. Uh, no, that's okay. Well, it could have been. It just said LA. Okay. Um, so they go into LA to take on the Rams. That's uh, a Sunday nighter, I think. Okay. Monday nighter is that one. Then they are home to San Francisco. That defense. So the, right, that, that right there, like the next three weeks, those are hard games. Houston. Like if they go zero three, is that surprising? Would not be no. It wouldn't be stunning. It would be it would be slightly surprising, I guess, because you would expect them to find a win. And I still of those think they're games. the best team in the AFC, though. Probably one of them. I don't. I'm not calling them the best. But no, I do. I think they're close. I called the win you in did. New England. You did. You did say that. You Thank said that was going to be a thing. You're welcome. Thank yep, you. Props to you. Okay. Uh, so they go home to Houston in LA to take on the Rams. Home to San Francisco on the road in Buffalo. Home to the Jets. So you get a couple good weeks there. Into Cleveland, which who knows? I'd, I'd rather like if you're gonna play them, play them at home. Yeah, and then they wrap up the season with the Steelers. Like that game at the end of the year, week whatever seventeen is that what it is? Yep, that's gonna be an interesting week. Absolutely, no, it's a very tough schedule for those Ravens, and they've they've had to make hay when they've had these favorable schedules in the early half of the year yeah. before the bye, and they have so. Hopefully Lamar Jackson. He had a fantastic game today once yeah. again. Perfect well, I mean, passer rating. The fucking Bengals. Houston apparently is very weak against the pass, so you gotta hope that uh, <laughs> yeah. the recipe is there for Jackson to air it out with all of his weapons. Now he's got Hollywood Brown, Mark Andrews had two touchdowns today. Uh, Mark yeah. Ingram didn't have to run for very much; he ran nine times, got a touchdown. But that offense is still rolling, and yeah, I don't know, uh, man. can be a very scary, very it's, scary team. Like I'm, I'm very excited to watch the back end of the season with the AFC North, just because. Like defense travels, and if Pittsburgh's like they've done it for ten weeks now, their defense seems legit. Like defense can travel. They haven't. They're one and two on the road this year, but if the theory is true, they're going to pick up some road wins. Like Baltimore is going to get the pressure put on them. Yeah, like starting now. Yeah, absolutely. This all great teams, all great Steelers teams. You think back, yeah. have had a terrific defense. Yep, and it's back. And it this one's back. no different at all. Uh, you got down here. Any favorites in each conference? We talked about kind of all the heavy you hitters. You said you like the Ravens. I do like the Ravens. I do think, I, I mean, KC fully healthy and the Rave, er, and the Patriots. Do you think those are the top three teams? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Unfortunately. Like, you can like, just take the AFC South and throw them out. Yeah. I, I don't think Texans are... The, the Texans might be able to win you a game. They might be able to beat somebody in playoffs. Yeah. They always do that, though. They yeah. never make it past that. I mean, it's not even a guarantee that they make playoffs, though. They're only one game up on, uh, on the Colts, who can't fucking win games they should win. Anyway. Right. Um, yeah, I'd say those are the top teams, but if you had to pick one, you're saying Baltimore, hey? I do like Baltimore a lot. I still say the Patriots, man. It's hard. <laughs> no, it's very hard. <laughs> very it's just hard to say anyone but the Patriots. Um, because they're. it's just always so easy for them because their division just seems to always suck. Like, It's not that their division can't be good. It's just that their division... Finds ways to be bad. They they outplay themselves. Yeah, they they just they always find ways to just not be good. Very true. And so <laughs> usually the every single year the AFC has to go through Foxborough, and that's I would a tough place that, to play in yeah. January February. Yeah, I would expect that to happen again. Um, if one of Baltimore or KC 
can somehow get home field on them, which I'm not seeing happening. Maybe Baltimore. Baltimore's, Baltimore's only the best a game chance, back, right? Six and four. You're not gonna. Yeah, six and four. You're probably not gonna win. I mean, let's quickly look at the the Patriots' schedule and see: is there any other losable games from here on out for them? Well, like, I'm sure there is. There's um, always losable games. I mean, coming like off the bye week, they got the the Eagles next week. In, okay. In Philly, Philly is not not a great place to play in. Uh, just going to their schedule quickly. They are home to Dallas. Home to Dallas. They're they were on a bye this week too. Dallas. No, they're playing tonight against no, the Vikings. New England. New oh, England was on New a bye. Was on a bye. Yeah, sorry, Correct. I was just thinking. Uh, they are in Houston for the Sunday night game. Yeah, that's tough. They are home to Kansas City. Yeah, this is a not easy schedule. Then they are at Cincinnati. Oh, we're back. We're back, back to, to the easy on, schedule. On yep. Cincinnati. Yeah. Home to Buffalo. Oh, home still, to Miami. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Oh, baby. So, so they just got to get through four weeks. Go can, two and two. Yeah, go 13 and three. Nothing wrong with that on the year. Yep. Go two and two. You're probably winning the conference, right? There you go. If they go two and two of those four in the next four weeks, they probably win the conference. And Baltimore schedule is very tough. We just talked about. Yeah. Like, and I don't think, uh, I think four losses takes Casey out of first place. Yeah, with New England only having one. Yeah, that's that's a little too much to overcome. But Mahomes in any game, it could matter a little bit when they play each other in Week 14. It says at Gillette. Yeah, that's I just read that out for you. The best a man can get. Oh, they're not a sponsor. Yeah, well, I'll give them a free. No, there's no sponsorship. That's fine. Hush, hush. Sorry, never mind. Uh, On to the NBA. (laughs) On to the hardcore. On to the hardcore. Give me a drink. On to the hardcore. What do you got, Russian sir? coming back. Well, <laughs> there it is. Dion Waiters. What are you doing, bud? You had an edible, and then you flew on a plane. You freaked the fuck out, and now you're suspended again. Yeah, so the What's Heat... What's happening here? The Heat believe that a player on the team gave him the edible. Yeah, and he freaked out. But he's not giving up his uh, his source. Maybe he wants to keep that source for future. Yeah, yeah well, games. probably. Yeah, shit. So, yeah. Yeah, it was great. I had a big trip in the air and caused a big scene. Got suspended again. He hasn't played uh, a game this season. I don't think so, Due no. to injuries, I believe. He's coming back from something. Well, this is his second suspension. He yeah. He suspended, like, first game of the season. That's and right. And something happened. And now this is happening. He's not. He's not going to play with Miami, I don't think. I mean, everything I'm reading is just saying that he's done. They're going to cut him, though, after signing him to a, a pretty nice deal in the offseason. Like, oh, yeah, they did give him the deal this year. He's playing behind rookie Tyler Hero, who's yeah. been a hero. He's been really good. Pun intended uh, for this Heat team. And then they have that, uh, is it Kendrick Dunn or one of, the, one of the rookie small forward who's been just lighting it mm-hmm. up. Had the first rookie to 100 points in five games since Kevin Durant. Yeah, that's pretty good. They've been good. And, I mean, they got Jimmy Butler. Coming back from his personal matter uh, to start the season, so they've Jimmy got some Butler. talent. I know I, I don't Jimmy's like Jimmy silly. Butler. I don't like Jimmy Butler either, but he's a silly guy. Yeah, Deion Waiters not looking good as a Miami Heat. No, so it's. Uh, I mean, he's got talent, but he's also a clown. Like he's just a total clown. bit of a weapon. Little <laughs> bit of a weapon, so that's not good. Uh, and then just injuries all over the place. Definitely. Like man, I'm sure the Celtics love losing Gordon Hayward again. Oh. <sighs> I feel I, so bad for Gordon Hayward. He should have never left Utah. <laughs> he like, really never. <laughs> like, if there's one guy I will like, I will perpetually feel bad for for the rest of life. Yeah. Even if he wins, like a, a championship, is Gordon Hayward. I feel so bad for this dude. Even like, go back to his days at uh, Butler, and he missed the game-winning right, shot against yeah. Duke. Yeah. I could have easily changed his whole life. Oof. 
I mean, he still got drafted. He's still been a successful player. But like, don't get me wrong. Little, he's still little been things, a, right? He still had a good career. Yeah. And it's not over. No. And he still has a lot more money to make. And so I don't feel bad from from that perspective. But he just seems like a good guy. And it's just bad things are happening to him. Yeah. Anyway, if you didn't catch it, he has a left hand fracture. He's going to a specialist tomorrow. It just opens up, it's I guess, good. more uh, like more clarity with the the forwards on the Boston front because yeah. I mean you got Jalen Brown, you got Jason Tatum, you got Gordon Hayward. There's just too many slot or too many guys for less few slots. Yeah, and they've it's been like that ever since Hayward went down the first game of the season two years was it two years ago. Yeah, so yeah, because last year was a write off yep. or something like that. I don't even remember, but. It's, uh, it's not, not good times for not good Hayward. Times. No, it might be okay. Like the Celtics seemed like they have the pieces to be okay with it. With Kemba and with Tatum, they can lead the way offensively. Yeah. You got Jalen Brown there uh, for some defense. You know, their their center, their big guy slot is kind of up in the air. They lost Horford to free agency, but Cantor's hurt right now. Cantor's been hurt. Yeah, I think he's still out anyway. At least he was for like the last couple of weeks. Um, more injuries for Toronto too. Not not good times in the Eastern Conference. When but, I saw last night that the the Lowry thumb injury, yep. I was expecting months. Yeah. To be honest with you, because of he had surgery on the hand uh, after the NBA Finals in the off season, but he's reevaluated in two weeks. Hopefully, uh, things recover well for him. He doesn't have to miss more time than that. Right. Unfortunately, his teammate there, Serge Ibaka. Not looking good. He's out indefinitely with the ankle sprain. Severe ankle sprain is what they yeah, label that's as. That's not good. Uh, that's, a, that's a worse one than Lowry because at least with Lowry's spot, you can find ways to well, piecemeal a, it together, right? It's a bone, right? It's a, it's a fracture. Whereas yeah. uh, as an ankle, it's a tendon. It's But even just as a player being out, it's like you can find guys, whether it's Fred or Norm Powell can move in there. To a guard spot. Yeah. like I mean, they can find different ways to massage that for the time being, but... Front court it's, wise, I mean, Gasol's got to step up statistically. Like he can be all the, the influencer he can be. Yeah. But stats why he has not been there this year. I, I mean, no, but I think he'll be, he'll have to be better, he and he will to. be now. Siakam's been a monster. Yep. Can he keep that up? That's the difference between good and great is consistency. Yep. It's and true. Uh, he he's been great for the first ten games of the year. Do you but think he, the Raptors are okay? Like, can they can they hover around yeah. like fourth? Yeah, without those guys, I think uh, with all the teams in the Eastern Conference we went through prior to the yeah. season, no, none of a these teams of are. I mean, a Bulls are still terrible. Yep, the Hawks lost. We we jinxed Trey <laughs> Trey Young <laughs> immediately after the last podcast true. went out. That was but very he's true. now back. He's okay. Yep, John Collins, who I had a man crush on, he's been suspended. Yeah, he's Oof. got all that doping going Oof. on. I know, bad so, edibles, man, bad edibles. All, get out, get these edibles out of here. What did he do? Amino acid? Is that what? Uh, that his that's thing? what I thought. I looked up yeah, the morning were, of the announcement. Doing some sleuthing. I was so pissed uh, off. Golden State not in a good place. I don't even know who plays in their team anymore. Curry broken hand. He yeah. was announced this weekend. Not expected to, to come back this year. Dunzo. Goodbye. Uh, what's the point of rushing Clay Thompson back from his ACL? There There's is no none. point. Draymond, Draymond Green, he's now going to be the most pissed off athlete yep. of this entire season. He's yep. going to get like eight technical fouls this year. Because Is Looney hurt? Uh, he was. Yeah. I don't know what he's at now. but No one knows. Uh, I don't even know who plays in this you're team You're playing anymore. like Glenn Robinson Jr. Who? Or the third. Glenn Robinson the third. Uh, there's a guy, I think his name is Kay Bowman. 
who's like a shooting guard. Kai. Is it Kai or I, K? Kai Bowman. Okay, Bowman. Yeah, Kai. Um, Cobra Kai. That should be his Willie name. Cauley Stein. Oh yeah, he's starting in the front court. I'm gonna looking at this roster. That's the only name I recognize. Is Willie Cauley Stein? Willie Cauley Stein. This is bad, man. Draymond's still out. That's right. Oh my god. So this you know team. what? Maybe they tank. They get a top pick this Maybe. year, and then you bring. Newly drafted person with Curry, yeah. Thompson, and Green. Whoever that may be, yeah. And you run the tables. It's almost like a 1997 uh, Spurs. Yeah. When they tanked with David Robinson going out, they got Tim Duncan, and they ran the league for Draymond like didn't years. play. What, what, what day was this? Was this today? Yesterday. Yesterday. This is the guys who did not play. Clay Thompson, Kevon Looney, Draymond Green, Steph Curry, Eric Pascal. Oh, yeah, Pascal. Didn't play. And he was like the best player they There's had. There's your starting lineup, though. But right? hey, they have D'Angelo Russell. Oh. D'Angelo, you wanted your chance. You yeah. have it. He had Go a career, what? He had 52, I think, the last game against the Timberwolves, and they lost. Yeah, and then uh, You're they the just, night of career first. just played OKC. He put up 30. Okay. Like his line was actually really good. 30 points, 7 assists, 3 boards, 2 steals, and you guys lost. Dame Lillard also had 60 points. Oh, yeah. And good. they lost, I think, to Brooklyn. He can turn it on when he wants. He's an amazing player to watch. I love him. Glenn Robinson played 34 <laughs> minutes. Alec yep. Burks played 36. Burks, former Utah Jazz. Yeah, everyone's f- favorite Burke. Um, <laughs> Not Doris Burke. No, Burks with an S. <laughs> Willie oh. Cauley-Stein had 23 minutes. Marquise Chris. Like, this is just, Jesus. They former might call eighth you. overall pick, Marquise Chris. They might call you up. They might need you. There you go. I, I need to get back in the swing of things. This team sucks. I need ass. a ten day. <laughs> this team is not good. Uh, and I also just want to shout out my Utah Jazz because they're doing well this year. Yes, they are. They're going all the way. Denver Nuggets. Uh, Joker Nikola Jokic has back to back game winning buckets. Yeah. Uh, he's a weird dude. He's been struggling. I like him. He's just he's apparently dude. very mopey. Like when he doesn't yeah. want to play or he's yeah. really sad about stuff, he doesn't play hard. No. So not the type of uh, no, he's just, he's personality very, you want in your star player. But he's not really a professional. He's just kind of just a regular guy. He's a big Serbian dude. Who like can honestly, play and basketball. I don't mean that rudely. Like he's just when we hear, oh, you got to be a consummate pro. You just got to be happy and you got to show up and do your job. Not Nikola Jokic. When he's sad, he just doesn't want to play. That's exactly. He's just right. a regular dude. <laughs> like he's just an everyday men's league Thursdays Hillcrest Church dude. That's right. That's what he is. Hillcrest Church, good reference. Yeah, that's who he is. Just I don't want to play today. Burr. Yeah, I'm sad. Still can uh, put up a go triple Utah. Double. Go Utah, six and three. Go Raptors. Undefeated at home. You got the Raptors pick too. That's okay. Uh, they're they're screwed now. They're in trouble. Okay. That's all I got. Good sir. The list is done. Uh, appreciate you finding us, downloading it tonight. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash on the board podcast on Twitter at the board. No, on the board. Oh, I was going to say at the letters. That's wrong. That's a different podcast. on the board pod. Uh, be tuning in Shut up! for a very special episode coming up on Wednesday. Yeah, You're special. We're going to be, uh, interviewing a, a very important person on the Messinat Tigers. We're looking forward to that one. Yeah. Hopefully you're not here. Uh, I probably won't be. I'm no. heckling you. Is this working? I think people can pick that I'm up. I'm heckling Russian. Uh, hopefully we have Corey suck. on for next episode. Yeah, he should be here. He should be here. Get your ass in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you so much for finding us, downloading us. For Lance Dahl, Colby McKee, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to On the Board. Subscribe now on your favorite podcast platform. And find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash on the board podcast. Yes! Yes!